Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning into the 30 Days of Miracles podcast. I'm Felicia Michelle, and I will be sharing personal experiences of miracles in my life, as well as walking through biblical miracles in scripture. We'll take a look at how God uses people in the delivery of miracles and how you can be a part of it as well, how you can be present and available to encounter or be a part of miracles by learning to listen and converse with God. In other words, becoming kingdom-minded and encountering his presence and kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So today, for day five of our series, I'm going to talk about a miracle, more like a set of three that kind of go together, and there's a little bit of backstory behind it. So I'll be brief just to kind of set the stage and then let you know what I was doing and why and what happened. So what will follow this is a set of three miracles, but what led up to these was I had gone on a trip to New Zealand for six weeks and I almost feel like I should tell that story first, but I was in New Zealand for six weeks, a whole bunch of stuff happened, so you have to stay tuned for tomorrow's episode, episode six, to hear what happened in New Zealand. But I came back to the States, like, amped, and also ready to, I mean, I was doing ministry work there, and I was also, you know, kind of dating this person who was pastoring this church. So I had gone out there to meet him in person. It was a long distance thing. Anyway, so I come back and I'm really empowered and also just really tuned in with the Holy Spirit a little bit after my return when I feel more free, we'll say. So I'm just confident that you don't need someone present with you or an authority figure or something to position yourself in a way that makes you usable by God. You don't need the right history. You don't need the right person to attach yourself to. You need the right positioning and the right communication and obedience to the Lord. So that being said, here's what happened. I decide when, remember how in an earlier episode, I I think yesterday, I talked about the Jesus hike or the God hike and the Jesus tree and how I would go on these God hikes. Well, I also started doing that with my running. So I, I, you know, I would run like five to 10 miles and I would go on these separate runs and I made them not so much a workout and instead a little more casual, but I was still running quite fast, but I would, I wouldn't care if it like got cut short. So the aim was to run and be fully available to encounter people on my path that God put there I would just run different routes in the neighborhoods and I would encounter people who needed things. Words of faith, words from God, words of encouragement, of healing, and so on. So I started doing this and my friend was like, you're a prayer runner. And so he would call me prayer runner. How'd your prayer run go today? And so I actually liked that. I was like, okay, so that's kind of what I am doing. It's a prayer run and I'm hoping that I get to pray for people. So there's a lot of different instances where I would just meet people, not on my run, but like in cafes or just crazy places, which I'll talk about later. But this set of three has to do with healing. So 
I've covered a couple different miracles, right? You know, visions, confirmations, um, physical like protection, right? Uh, and so this one is actually healing, and that's the way a lot of people think of of miracles, right? So I'm on this prayer run, okay? So now let me just get to it. I'm on this prayer run. And I'm like, Lord, please use me. Let me encounter anyone who needs you. Any, you know, anything you want to happen, I'm here for it, <laughs> right? I am here for this. So I'm running, and these are not all on the same day necessarily. So three, the three that I'm going to mention is just during these runs. So one, I encounter this woman. And she's, I'm going to, I'm going to leave the, the best. I'm going to, no, yeah, I, I, I know what order I'm going to go in. <laughs> I'm like, I haven't rehearsed this. So, cause I just want to tell you how it is. So I run into this woman and she's in a wheelchair and she's like elderly and she's with her grandson. I find out that's her grandson. And I'm like, hi, how are you? And I stopped running because I felt the call to stop running and talk to them. So I'm like, and I don't talk to everyone I see. I might say hi, and I just keep running. So I felt led to talk to them, and you know, I'm like, oh, how, you know, why is she in the chair? And she's she's fine. She doesn't speak English. She's fine, um, but she understands some women, what, some of what I say. And the little boy's like, oh, something happened to her legs, like blah blah blah. And so I'm like, well, can I pray? And she's like, no, no, no. And she shakes her said head no. And I was like, well, I just want to, you know. Um, lay my hand on her leg and, and put my hand on her leg and rest on her leg and, and pray over her legs. And the little boy's like, oh yeah, let, let her do that, you know? And he's, I don't know, seven or something. He convinces the grandma. So I kneel down to the ground and go right beside her and pray over her leg. And as I pray, she just really loosens up and I get up and I'm like, thank you for letting me pray over you. And she was like, whoa, please pray over my nether. He's like, wait, wait. She asked if you could pray over her other leg. <laughs> and she was like adamantly no. And then he convinced her yes, right? And she's like, because she's not of the same faith. And I was like, well, I'm okay. I'm going to share. I'm going to do this. And so I go over and I pray over her other leg. And I'm not hiding. Like, it's not just God, right? I'm not hiding. Not just, but you know, I'm not like, oh God, whatever God you believe in. I'm like, in the name of Jesus, you know, I'm praying for healing over her. And obviously God hasn't given me like a specific word, like I will hear her, heal her. And so I don't act like he's my genie. I'm not going to say anything. I don't know that he said, so I just pray over healing over her and, you know, let them know to keep praying or hope, I hope that they're healed in Jesus name. And unless God's like, I'm going to heal this person, I'm going to do this. I don't say he's going to do something because I, de- I don't think it's ever worth, worth the risk of false prophecy and saying things that aren't true, and God talks a lot about in the Bible. So, um, so the miracle here, I mean, it's starting up, it's ramping up, right? And the next example is incredible. But this first time, it's like it's just the 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 the, the change in her heart and like the willingness and openness, like immediately, like she felt something, right? The Holy Spirit, presence of God, it was all about it on the next leg. So, and he's like, she says, thank you so much. Like, and I can't remember. They asked me other questions where I was. And I was like, yeah, I hope to see you again. So I'm like off on my run. And she's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So the second time I'm going to give you a second example is I'm running. This guy is bent over perpendicular. Okay. He's walking straight up with his wife and he's bent over 90 degrees. His 
body, his back is parallel to the ground. He's walking like that. It's insane. So obviously, strong impression, felt led to pray for him. And they're obviously, um, you know, they're, I guess it's not obvious. <laughs> to me, it was obvious unless, you know, just by the intro of the conversation and talking to them and where they're from. They're not of the same faith and, you know, they don't even, either they didn't know about Jesus or they didn't believe in him as the son of God being sent by God. And so don't know the power of God, right? Through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Don't know the power of healing. So I ask, I'm like, oh man, like, I, you know, I'm, God has the power to heal you. You know, I don't know if he will, but he has the power and I just want healing for you. And I would love to, I would love to pray over you and see what God does in your life. Um, you know, would you mind if I did that? And, and so they're like, no, yeah. He says, yes, go ahead. And they're a little skeptical, you know, I pray. And I mentioned Jesus several times and I pray over him and I pray like, I just feel the power, you know, like I'm like, I pray healing over you for your back, for you to start standing up straighter and, and for him to help you with your back. And I just feel like, like, okay, this is, this is going to happen, you know? And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's going to start standing. He's going to fix your back. And so they thank me. I just am feeling it in my bones. I run off. No kidding. I've never seen them before. And I end up running on another day and I see him again. And he is a quarter of the way up. Okay? So this is crazy because... He's like only, instead of 90, he's like 45, right? And I'm like, whoa, how are you? Like, oh, you are looking better. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, his, I was like, how long has he been like this? Oh, he's been walking like this for 15 years now. He's like older, right? And I'm like, 15 years and there's nothing doctors can do. So this is miraculous. He's been bent over. God starts healing him, like healing his spine. So he is walking way differently. Like it's way noticeable. So they're like, and they, they see me. This is like more than a month later, okay? They see me and they're like, oh, get over here. Come over here. And they're, you know, like, you know, where you're motion, motioning someone to come over. And they're both like, okay, we need you to pray again. It was crazy town. And so I go over there and I'm praying over him again. And like, I'm like, you're going to stand. This was the craziest thing. Cause I never get like, I don't know, you know, and sometimes you can want something for someone and, and just take it upon yourself to be like, you know, like God wants healing for everyone. I'm like, yes, he does. But some people get their healing in earth or healing in heaven, like my pastor's wife. And some people have their healing here and there are different reasons for it. Some, it's like sanctification, drawing you closer, developing you even closer to how you are meant to grow in Christ. Like just refining you in the fire before you go to heaven to meet him. And there's a lot of, you know, you're like earning your crowns, you know. I always think of crowns as like something I'm going to give back to Jesus. But anyway, it's just incredible. So I'm like, I just... He's standing up and God's working because he wants them saved, okay? So this is like for them to come to know him, the power of the living real God, the creator of the universe, the creator of us. So I'm just like blown away, like, whoa, dude. So I pray for them. They're like all about it now. And I'm like, it's Jesus. Don't forget, it's Jesus. 
you know? Like, whatever you're feeling too is the Holy Spirit. Like, this is from the real God. This is from the God of Abraham. This is our God. So, he's here. And it reminds me, oh, wow. That, so, that just changed the verse. I'm going to, the story I might be telling you. Because <laughs> I might tell you a different story um, out of the Bible. So, I might parallel this with something else. That's crazy. Okay, so, um, so that was like number two, okay? Now, here's the third one. This is the kicker. So, you know, he's obviously still in progression of healing. And I'm I'm running some other day. No, is this the same day of that second time with him? It might be the same day, but it might be another day. Anyway, so I'm running in the neighborhood. And my back, it's like some kind of presence. Like my back is hurting. And I pray over it and it literally moved. The pain relocated. Went away and relocated into another part of my back. And like I don't have some back issues when I'm running. So I was like, what? It was crazy. And I was like, wait. If you're, if my pain, it's not like I have some chronic back thing. I was like, if my pain just moved when I prayed over it, I have, I'm being attacked. And so I prayed. I was like, I don't need someone. I had someone pray over my leg before. It's a different story I'll tell you. But so it might be, you know, like, I'm like, oh, you know, you get sometimes think I got to have someone else pray for me. I need healing. It's all dependent. Like, I'm like, it's, I've had faith for someone else to pray healing over me, over me but why haven't I had faith to just pray healing over myself, you know, if it's God's will. And that's how I felt right then. I was like on fire at this time. And I was like, you know what? Like, it's the same thing if I pray over myself as someone else prays over myself. It's just whether I think it's going to happen and then whether God actually wants to make it happen, right? And even if I don't think it happened, it could still happen if he wants it to happen. But <laughs> I know there's a lot that goes into this, but it really, in another way, there's nothing that goes into it. It's just God does what he does. But here's the thing. Faith, it says faith can move a mountain. So faith obviously plays a part, you know. It can play a part, usher things in. Other times he just does things because it's his will anyway to do the thing. But faith does count. When we pray for things like we're going to be fasting on the 10th for people and of this nation, our kids, the children, faith moves mountains, faith matters. You know, multiple people praying matters. I, I like to think it's like a louder voice. But anyway, this third time... I don't want to get into too much crazy stuff, but the third time, when I lay my hand on my back and I'm like, nope, not let anything attack me. Nope, because I do the same power that is in Christ is in you, right? In Christ is in you when you're in Christ. So you abide in him and then the same power in him is in you if you're in his will. So I'm like, you know what? Enough of that. I'm on a run. And I just pray out loud, you know, because demons aren't reading your mind. And I'm like, nope, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to get away from my body and no attacks, whatever, you know, spirit of, you know, unhealth or whatever it is, right? Spirit of whatever is afflicting me, I command you to get away from me in the name of Jesus Christ. And I proclaim healing and deliverance with my back and my whole body. And I'm going to run in peace. And then just was like, sure of it. And sure enough, I didn't hurt anymore. My back was fine. It's crazy. So... I mean, I've prayed over my broken toe. I have this broken toe and I've rebroken it and like, oh my gosh. And for some reason, I never had the feeling like I never had like just the push, the prompting to be like, you know, claim victory over this, like claim healing over this. I feel like it's my like, you know, s stick in my side, thorn in my side, like <laughs> like Paul. I It's like, I don't know. I just never, 
And I don't know if it's lack of faith for my toe or it's also like he's just keeping that to remind me or whatever it is. I haven't felt like, oh, I'm just going to pray my toe is going to be better. But I prayed on my back. It was better. And it it, it was crazy how it lo- relocated. So anyway, I prayed over that lady. I pray over that. And I, I'm seeing their hearts change right in front of me. Right? They're like, no. And then they're like, yes, please do. Don't do it again. Right? And then the change in me is like, oh, I don't have to like, I'm like, dude, I might need someone to pray over me. Right? Oh, I don't need someone to pray over me. I need to be willing to pray over myself. I'm the only one here. And that faith and watching myself be healed. That's the only time I prayed over myself. I always like reach out and have like 20 Christian friends pray when I get super, super sick. And it always gets better within 24 hours. No matter like how bad it is. I've had a baby move 180 degrees, 360 degrees, 180 degrees. Yeah, 180 degrees. Um, You know, the power of prayer. So... I mean, just all these things, I'd say, you know, the power of healing is so amazing. And I wouldn't say I'm gifted with that power or anything like that gift. I'm not, I don't mean, I don't, uh, I'm not blessed with that gift necessarily. It's just, I was in that place, right? That submitted submission and, um, and in the position that's, I was the one meeting these people. And so I was ready to be used however he wants me to use me. And it just happened to be that there was a few healing, healing opportunities and I got to be a part of that because that was all God. That was nothing to do with me. It just happened to be, I got to be a conduit and it was awesome. It was awesome to watch. I mean, every day I was just hoping to encounter another life and be a part of that, you know, whatever God was going to do in their life for them, in front of them, to them. (laughs) So that's my set, like trio set of miracles and healing And now I want to give you a Bible story. All right, so this is getting exciting. So I gave you a trio, right? So I'm going to give you a trio from the Bible as well. So in Acts, there are a lot of miracles that happen when Jesus leaves and departs and gives the power, his his power to his disciples. You know, he blesses them them with the power of healing, tells them go out and, and heal and make disciples. And when he leaves and he ascends, he says, I am leaving, but I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. You know, when I leave, the Holy Spirit will come, you know, and they'll have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will minister to them. They will be able to heal that way too and do miracles. Okay, so that's like the brief version. But anyway, I leave you. I I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come, right? And I actually explored this because I was like, why would he need to leave? Anyway, there's a whole other thing. It's so fascinating deep with this whole, that whole statement even. I was talking about it with my pastor, just the theology behind it. But anyway, I just find that so fascinating. But moving forward, (laughs) the first miracle is in Acts 3, okay, where the lame man walks, right? And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because of the legs. And I told you about that woman first, right, with the legs. So I'll just kind of read through this. One afternoon, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those entering the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked directly at him, as did John. Look at us, said Peter. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. 
Taking him by the right hand, Peter helped him up, and at once the man's feet and ankles were made strong. He sprang to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened to him. So he didn't even ask, right? He was confronted. And so was that woman, right? (laughs) He didn't even know who that person was. And Jesus heals, right? So he heals through Peter. And you could say the Holy Spirit through healed through Peter. Or you could say God healed through Peter. So Peter, with his gift of healing, right? And the presence of the Holy Spirit working that through him and, and imparting that gifting and leading on him. Peter blesses this man who did not ask, right? And by doing that, his feet and ankles were made strong. And then his legs, right? His legs, his feet sprang up. His legs began to work. They began, he began to walk. And he began praising God. Just complete change, right? And here's the thing. He didn't even know who that was. And because of the amazer, amazement and wonder from other people, right? Like this miracle serves many purposes. Not just for his relief and salvation, but that of other people observing. So a lot of times... That miracle is not only for one, it's for all the people that you can witness to or that hear about it or see it. I'd like to talk about in John chapter 5, 1 through 9. So similar to healing the other man, right, at the temple gate called Beautiful, is a story, like I said, in John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. There's a man that's been paralyzed for 38 years and he's lying by the pool waiting for the waters to be stirred. And Jesus approached him and, you know, what are you waiting for? And after a brief conversation, heals him. Okay. He says, pick, you know, telling him, he tells him to pick up his mat and walk. Right. But I think what's really significant here is that He's thinking he can't go in because they keep, they stir. He's waiting for them to stir the waters. And then someone always goes in before him. Okay. So Jesus comes and intervenes, right? he's like, just be healed. You don't have to wait. And it kind of reminds me of like, you don't have to wait in life. Like I was saying, like to the, for the right person to be with you or for the person with that gift to pray over you and, And maybe it is going to be through that. I've had that happen too, but you don't necessarily need this perfect situation for God to deliver you. It's like, if you think you need this perfect scene and this perfect set of requirements, then is it God? Or are you thinking it's something we can control, right? Because his mercy is unbound to conditions and to our, it's not under our control, there are ways to position yourself, but also on the flip side, God just heals people because like he's doing his own thing. You know, like sometimes it's because you've prayed for a gift, you're in the position, right? Or someone with a gift of healing prays over you. And a lot of times 
we see these miracles just coming in without the person being in any position except for their seeking, right? But, you know, Jesus just heals those seeking for seeking healing. He just heals those who are in need, right? And he delivers them and he sets them on the right path. And, and, and the key is like, he gives you your immediate needs so that you can find out what your true needs are, right? And he points you to himself by healing you so that you can actually be, you know, gain your life, like your spirit and your eternity, not just your temporal life. So anyway, I think that, you know, he, he intervenes and he, and sometimes it's in response, right? And sometimes it's his initiative, right? But they're both equally miraculous healings. So I'm going to actually add one in here in Luke about another crippled man being healed. And then I'm going to give you a fourth one that's more related to, you know, praying over deliverance from an affliction. So there's a reason I'm mentioning this. So I'll just read you a little bit of this passage. And again, it's, it's Luke 5, 17 through 26. <clears throat> I'll skip ahead to 18. There was a man who was paralyzed and some other men were carrying him on a mat. They tried to bring him and put him in front of Jesus. But there were so many people they couldn't find a way to Jesus. So they went up on the roof and lowered the crippled man down through a hole in the ceiling. They lowered the mat into the room so that the crippled man was lying before Jesus. Listen, Jesus saw how much faith they had and said to the sick man, friend, your sins are forgiven. Interesting, right? It's not always sins that cause some sort of ailment, okay? But there was a reason he said this. It upset the Pharisees. This is kind of a side note, but, you know, he's like, they're like, who is this man who dares to say that? He can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins, right? And he knew what they were thinking. So he says, why do you have these questions in your mind? A son of power so, oops, excuse me, the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. How can I prove this to you though? Maybe you think it's easier for me to say that, but is it easy? Basically, now I'm going to paraphrase, is it easy for me to heal someone? So he says to the paralyzed man, I tell you, stand up and take your mat and go home. And immediately the man stood up in front of everyone, picked up his mat and walked home, praising God. So I mentioned this for a reason, because clearly... He's performing this miracle for others to see, right? And he's doing a lot. There's a lot that goes into this. There's a lot of different elements here. But a man is healed. He had physical ailments. He's crippled, lying there. You know, they lowered him on a mat, right? He can't walk. So he's healed. It's a huge testimony to his ability to heal, not only to heal, but that he's Jesus and that he also can forgive sins, right? But, look at that. He saw how much faith the friends had and says, your sins are forgiven. Like crazy, right? Like what the connection there. So, I, mean, I mentioned this because the faith of one man can bless and deliver another. And that person could even be missing the faith, right? And still be blessed and healed so Paul in Acts 16, 16 to 18, 
has an experience where he's followed by a slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination and becomes trouble, troubled excuse me, by her continuous shouting. Oh man, right? He turns and commands the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and she's delivered at that very hour. It's so interesting here because Paul is praying. It's almost like a self-prayer, right? Like it's not him being afflicted by the spirit, but yet it is because her, she is bothering him so much. He's being afflicted and he prays so that he can be delivered of the affliction of her, right? And she's delivered and then he's delivered through that, right? So it's kind of crazy because, you know, whether it's Obviously, there was no spirit in me. Something was. There's a difference between something being in you and something bothering you, right? There's something afflicting me, and I'm praying over it and and not like denouncing that and commanding it to leave me. In the same way, he commanded this spirit in the name of Jesus to leave her, right? And so this kind of like wraps around two different angles, right? It's afflicting me because it's afflicting her. I'm gonna deliver her. It's gonna deliver me. It's like a double. <laughs> and so I kind of thought that was kind of fascinating. Um, <laughs> You know, there's other the, there's another example with Paul too, and even though he wasn't delivered, I might I'm just gonna throw this in here too because you've probably heard of like the thorn in the flesh, right? And that's described in Second Corinthians, and Paul's like, man, if only you know, man, he says a lot. Gosh, I love Paul, but anyway, this one's about the thorn in his flesh, and he's saying, you know, he pleads with the Lord three times a day, or three times, he's going to take it away, instead of removing the thorn, so even though he's not delivered from the thorn itself, which is ever, whatever thing it is, right, and there's some theory behind that too, but um, what the affliction might be, and is it bent on leaning to sin, or whatever, <clears throat> um, what kind of sin, right, and so I have many ideas on that, but I'm not going to get into another side thing right now, but anyway, instead of Removing the thorn, the Lord replies, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul then speaks about boasting in his weakness so that Christ's power may rest on him. And he concludes that when he's weak, then he is strong. So this instance of self-prayer, if you will, for deliverance is significant because Paul, although he doesn't receive the healing or exact like result he wants right initially that he sought he experiences a profound spiritual revelation and empowerment and this parallels you know my experience in that I, it empowered me to continue running it empowered me to continue on my journey much like Paul's acceptance of that thorn even though he didn't get delivered from it it led to a deeper understanding of God's grace and strength in his life. So it's like sometimes he heals us, but sometimes that's the thing that brings us closer to him. And the other desire of our heart is that result, even probably more than a deliverance would be. And we're able to rest in the power, his power, right? And his support. So I think that's a cool thing to remember as well. Okay, so I really enjoyed giving you those miracles and... Maybe I'll, you know, kind of rehearse <laughs> a little bit what I want to say about them next time. But I wanted to tell you or leave you with a couple verses I thought were really cool and relevant for today. 
So Ephesians 1, 20 through 22, it is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. This same power put Christ at God's right side in heaven. This place was given to Christ. It is much greater than any king or leader can have. No one else can have this place of honor and power. No one in this world or in the world to come can have such honor and power. God has put all things under Christ's power and has made him to be the head leader over all things of the church. So this power within us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead, okay? And finally, I'm gonna read something else to you. This is in Luke 9. Verse two, Luke 9, this is Luke 9, verse two. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform what? healing. In Luke 10, 19, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. We have the same power that Christ had, right? It was in Christ to raise him from the dead. We have the same authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We are to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. If we see a lack of healing and a lack of obedience to this, does it reflect a lack of faith? Does it reflect a difference in theology that's holding people back, thinking that the acts are where all the miracles happened? Because to the contrary, I can definitely argue that's not a fact. They still happen today. Healing still can happen today. So if we think they seized, there's, a, there's two theories on this. Is that one, that there were no healings after Acts, and that was where he ceased to do certain things, and miracles and stuff, signs and wonders. And you, while you need to be very careful about signs and wonders, and there's a lot of false things happening in the name of Christ, and, you know, under a false light, one thing I'd say to that, without getting too deep, is that he doesn't heal you so that then later it's not healed. He either heals you or he doesn't. So he either does something and it sticks or he doesn't. I'm not saying everyone's healed completely of something, but he doesn't. He heals gradually sometimes and he heals fully, but he doesn't heal so that he can do a psych and Indian give your healing back. So I think there's a lot of people who in the moment with these like fake healers, you know, um, get some sort of chemical response, some elation and have just, you know, they're very, it's highly emotional and they might be better temporarily and then they're not right. And so there's all kinds of weird stuff happening too, but definitely God is still healing. There are still miracles. I've had over 35 of them and I know for a fact that they didn't stop in acts. The gifted healing didn't just pray for discernment. I'd say that's the majority of it is just have discernment. And God will reveal things, you know, but he's definitely acting. He's definitely can do anything he wants and all things are possible. And if all things are possible for us through Christ that strengthens us, definitely all things are possible for Christ to be doing now. 
definitely all things are possible that God wants to do now. If he can catch my car, he can certainly do anything else. So I definitely don't think there's any limit to what God can do now as it was before. In heaven or on earth. <laughs> um, I definitely believe, I believe probably in the most fantastical things ever. Um, I really think there are no limits as to what's possible. But I like to practice discernment and you know, steer clear of anything I'm not feeling, feeling it, as long as I'm in alignment with God at the time, in the way that I should be, um, anyway, that's kind of like a, just a complex thing to, to say, but, same Christ, same power that rose Christ from the dead is in you, you have authority over demonic presences, you, um, can pray for healing for people, if God tells you to go pray healing over them, do that, but God also doesn't need us to deliver or heal anyone. He can do it perfectly well himself. He can intervene at any point in time. He can answer a prayer or do it on his own and take the initiative. So a lot of possibilities here, but I hope that you could see that they're all kind of weave throughout these different examples of miracles in the Bible. And yeah, I think that leaves us here. Um, thank God for miracles, literally thank God. And thank God that there are so many believers and I know I had this friend, Roshna, who we don't talk anymore, and she doesn't live in California, who, she, her family was actually Hindu, and Jesus showed up in their life and did some miracles in their life, and their, her whole family became Christian and got saved and accepted Jesus as Lord and exact, accept, accepted him in their life. For a lot of cultures and religions, if Jesus shows up and does a miracle, they've never seen a miracle before, because what, whatever they're putting their faith in has no power, and they just come to Christ. So it's like, just instantly, the whole family. So I think that's really fascinating and awesome as well. So this today was a little bit of a serious one. I just believe in miracles so much, and I believe in just listening to the Holy Spirit, and man, the impact you could have. It's not about you, it's just, it's a privilege and an honor it's to co-labor, to be included when he doesn't need you. And it's not a responsibility, you know, like it's not on us. Like we're not going to affect eternity. And, and there's some different theories about that too. Like you're, you know, it's their salvation, but God can do anything. So we're just these like actors, these parts of it because we're allowed to be. And because we put, we're in that position at the time and we're in that willingness or unwillingness to be a part of it but God's providence is far above even that so it's pretty encouraging but yeah I hope that you see acts of healing I see there hope that you're a part of them that you experience them and that your loved ones do too so I will see you for the next episode of 30 days of miracles be blessed <laughs>